How do you say? How do you say? Is it her? Say hi. Welcome to How to Say Hi, a podcast that shares the power of ordinary interactions and how small gestures can spark endless smiles and new connections. We're heading out into the great outdoors for some much needed rest and time with nature, but everyone else seems to have the same idea. Campgrounds and hiking trails are busier than ever, and with spring just a few weeks away, thank goodness, they're bound to be full of people, experienced and otherwise which could bring some awkward trail passing, summit sharing, and opportunities to connect with fellow nature lovers. Hi, I'm Maggie. I consider myself an outdoor enthusiast, but am a little concerned about getting in the way of, quote, real hikers. And I'm Caitlin. Or if you've met me on the trail, you might know me as Giggles. Nature is definitely my playground and something I'm extremely passionate about. As a former Leave No Trace traveling trainer and a through hiker on the Appalachian Trail, I have a lot of experience when it comes to trail etiquette and ensuring that everyone out there can have the best time possible. All right, I have a lot of questions about things like the unwritten rule of the trails, but I first need to know why do they call you Giggles? <laughs> so trail names are something that are given to a lot of people when you go hiking, especially when it's a longer distance hike like the Appalachian Trail. So when you are out there, you start running into similar groups of people and forming little relationships with them. And there's bound to be some sort of story that's going to give you a trail name. And mine, of course, is Giggles. And I got that trail name because even though I was a solo hiker, I would kind of be walking and think of something really funny and just burst out laughing. And apparently that's a little... Uh, unusual. <laughs> but really? I mean, I'm on the trail by myself and I see something hilarious and I would just start laughing. Or at night when I would blow up my air pad in my tent, it would kind of make me lightheaded and giggly. Um, again, I'm by myself in my tent. Maybe there's some other people around me and I would just start giggling. And people would be like, what is so funny over there? And I'd be like, nothing. <laughs> you know, because how do you explain it? It's only funny to yourself. So that is why my trail name is Giggles. <laughs> Hiking the Appalachian Trail is a big undertaking. What did you do to prepare or what did you know going into that? Yeah, so I had no experience hiking before I did the AT. You have to understand kind of um, how to dispose of your waste, what to pack out, how to interact with people, which is really interesting because you're meeting a group of people from all over the world, really. And so there are some cultural differences and some social differences because we're really all out there for different reasons, perhaps, or are seeing it as a different type of goal or conquest. And when you meet people on the trail, you quickly realize that it's less of those mundane questions like, so what do you do for a living? Or where do you work? Or what is your family like? You kind of stay away from that stuff and you relate more on what's going on on the trail. You know, how's your food stash? Do you know how that spring is up the way? So you're asking a lot more like questions that deal with your immediate adventure. It's like a it's like a fully present experience. Nothing outside of there really matters. Yeah, in a way, and it's almost taboo to ask some of those like normal world questions or off trail questions right away. Like it feels like a little unimportant, a little forced or a little invasive. 
I remember there was one time I was staying with a group of people and I was laying there on the floor and I go, oh my gosh, I don't know a single person's real name in this room right now. And it was, you know, I knew Smiley and I knew uh, Quick Feed or whatever all the names were, Dirty Rice. Trail names are fantastic. Great stories. Always ask what the story is. Uh, But I just realized like, I felt like I knew so much about those people because of the joint experiences that we've had the days prior, just kind of hiking in the same area at the same time. But I really didn't know about like the things that they do with their life off the trail. So it's kind of interesting. Since that through hike, have you done smaller, maybe like day or just like weekend trips where you have similar or different experiences from that? Yeah, definitely. And I I think what my big takeaway there is that you don't necessarily need to get into people's like personal lives ever with those types of interactions, but instead you can share the really cool experience that's happening right then and there. So when you're on top of a summit and you're looking out and it's just gorgeous and you have that like moment of like, oh man, this is so great. I feel so good right now. Share and revel in that together and offer to take somebody's picture or offer to share, you know, your, your, uh, extra cutie orange that you brought with you or a beer or whatever, and enjoy that experience with somebody and take it for that. You don't have to get more personal. Um, you don't really need to like dive into anyone's life outside of that moment because that moment is so powerful and also like cleansing and refreshing that maybe they don't want it to be anything more. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had that kind of experience where you're passing people or you kind of overhear them and you might offer like, yeah, actually I saw there was a place, you know, great picnic rock up ahead. Or if you're passing them on the way down, like, you know, you're, you're almost there. It's worth it. Keep it up. Yes. Yes. Um, And just kind of encouraging a lot of people know where there's water spots or bathrooms. And it's, it's very much just kept conversation is kept to what's happening in front of you. Yeah. And in that sense is like built such a little community, whether it's just a few mile hike to a summit, or if you're doing a longer thing like the AT and that sense of community is really built on this strong foundation of shared experience. And I remember after hiking the AT, there were like moments where I'm like, man, there were very few people out there. And yet I felt almost more connected than I had ever felt in my life, which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. And that makes me reflect on all the different ways that you can have those small, meaningful connections because they really aren't going much deeper than where's the next spring or, you know, how did you get into the last town and things like that? Or, Hey, there's a bee's nest up ahead. Watch out. But there's different ways that you can do that. So one, of course, is when you're passing someone on the trail and just saying, Hey, you got this. Like you said, those encouraging moments of like, it's really hard, but it's so worth it. Um, and in those circumstances, don't exaggerate and be like, yeah, it's five minutes. You're almost there. If it's actually 15, cause that can be extremely yeah. frustrating, but having that quick experience with somebody can be encouraging and help you get to the next spot. But also there's things like um, trail journals where you get to a shelter and there's a notebook with everybody's experience, like participate in that. That's participating in the community. Even if you're not talking with someone, there might be someone just sitting there like enjoying all the other people's experiences who have been on the trails or the things that they notice while sitting at the shelter. And that helps you also um, become aware of things to look out for. So say you have to pass someone or it's a particularly busy trail. What are some appropriate ways to like either get past or let someone pass you or say you're like kind of matching pace with somebody. And so you're like a little bit uncomfortably close, but what are ways that you deal with that? Like kind of awkward 
but yeah. actually an opportunity. Yeah. The whole we're on a similar pace thing can be so challenging because A, you might want to be more by yourself or have a little bit less consistent pace, but you don't want to slow down because they'll catch you. You don't want to go faster because you'll catch them. Um, That can be so awkward. So what you can do is just tell yourself, even if you're in a rush and feeling a little antsy, you can say, all right, you know what? I'm going to take five minutes here on the side of the trail. And that way you do have that five minute gap between you. And if you do catch up to them again, that's when you can kind of realize like, okay, maybe I am hiking a little bit faster. I'm just going to say something. It's almost worse when someone just sneaks up behind you and they don't say anything. So just be really upfront about it. If I'm coming up behind you, you know, you can say, oh, excuse us to coming behind. And they'll say, they'll probably be like, oh, oh, okay. And step off the trail. The other thing that's really important there is to recognize that it's not always safe to step to the side. So if you are in a particularly like awkward area where maybe there's rocks on each side or it's a really steep cliff or something, um, just hang back for a second and be respectful that they might be a little uncomfortable. Almost think of it as a driver who might be a little bit uncomfortable and you want to give them just a little bit of an extra space. When you do think it's safe, then you can approach and say, hey, no rush, but when you're ready, we're going to sneak by you. Um, things like that. So sneak by you is a great one. Um, when you feel comfortable, if you can step you know, to your right, we're going to come on up the path. Now from a kind of um, just educational standpoint, when you are the one stepping off the trail, you always want to step to the downside of the hill. Uh, the reason being, if you were to step on the upside, if it, you know, if it's not a hilly trail, pick whichever is safer. But if you were to step on the upside, you could knock some dirt or sticks or debris down as they're walking by mm-hmm. and then they're tripping over it. So if you're on a path with a little bit of an incline, um, step to the downside of the path and then they can pass you from there. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a good rule of thumb. I had, a, a going back to what you said before about kind of how to pass somebody, I had a similar experience, except I was one wanting to let them go because they were, um, it was a, a difficult kind of technical part of the trail and it would take us a little bit of time to get through each one and make sure we're all comfortable, um, kind of climbing and passing by rocks. And these people kind of kept coming up behind us really yeah. close and, and they weren't saying anything or doing anything particularly rude, but it felt like they were crowding our space. So after the next time, you know, good place to step aside, we said, Oh, we're, we're kind of slow. We'll let you guys go ahead of us so that, you know, we don't hold you up. Mm-hmm. And it was a way to kind of let them know, like, we need some space and, yeah. and let them go. And we did kind of catch them a few times, but we hung back as much as we could. And Just as frustrating as it could be to be the person behind you or someone else mm-hmm. that you want to pass, it'd be really frustrating for that person up front. So if you are that person and you're feeling like someone is huffing and puffing behind you and you're just like, oh, stop, it probably means that they're uncomfortable to say, excuse me, I'm behind mm-hmm. you. It's not that they're trying to run you down or speed you up. Um, so you can also be the one to to say exactly what you did. Like, hey, I know we're taking our time. Y'all just go right on ahead. How do you feel about music out on the trails? Yeah, music is a tough one for a lot of people. So I would say the number one thing is to recognize that everyone is out there to enjoy their time however they want to enjoy it. And that could be something very different for a lot of different people. For some people, it's about hearing the birds and just the sound of nature itself and really enjoying and basking in that and and enjoying the quietness and the slow pace that it feels. 
But there are other people who like to pair that experience with their favorite music or hiking music that really gets them in the vibe and gets them moving and grooving. When it becomes a problem is that when it's impacting someone else's experience. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who really likes to hike or bike with music, ideally you want to have it contained where you're not necessarily um, sharing that music with everyone around you. Now it's a little bit of a hard scenario because you also don't want to put two earbuds in and be walking down a trail and have someone say, hey, excuse me, and not be able to hear them. Or if you're riding a bike, sometimes it could be dangerous not to hear. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those either if it's on you, keep that volume a little bit down. And if you are approaching someone, maybe hit pause for a second or choose a trail that is less populated so that you can make that music a little bit louder and you're not constantly turning it down. But at the top of a summit or in a shared space, we really need to treat it as that, a shared space. And maybe not everybody wants to listen to your uh, Cardi B or (laughs) whatever it is. So just be respectful of everyone's ear space and visual space. Okay, that makes sense. And I'm someone that doesn't really like listening to music, but I can understand why someone would enjoy that. If I'm out hiking and someone does have it kind of loud or they are at the summit with lots of people and they're still playing it, what do you think would be a nice way to ask them to turn it down. Yeah. So this is a tricky one and one that, you know, involves a little bit of confrontation, but it doesn't have to be negative. Um, when I've ran into a situation like this in the past, what I would try to do is relate to them on something so that they can see it from my viewpoint. Hey, I understand that you're enjoying this moment and listening to your music. However, it is perhaps not the most ideal experience for everyone here. And we were wondering if you could either turn it down or, you know, move to a space that's further away so that we can kind of enjoy it how we would also like to enjoy Mm -hmm. it. And you're trying to like, help them recognize that it is impacting other people and impacting that place and that time um, without saying music is bad or whatever, you know, like you want to empathize with them and be like, I understand that you're really enjoying this. However, this is like a scenic spot. Um, You can also, if, if you are familiar with the area, you could say things um, that are relevant, like there are certain migrating birds at certain times a year who, when they hear loud noises like that, are scared from their nests, and therefore the nests become abandoned, and it's this whole like cycle of sadness. <laughs> but, you know, you don't have to play it up that much. You can go up to somebody, and it's totally fine, and chances are they're going to be like, oh, sorry, man, I, I didn't realize it. I I didn't know it was bothering you. Some people don't realize how loud their music is to other people. And if you're maybe in a place that is out in the open or there's rocks or something that it it might be echoing in a way they don't even realize because it's so close to them. Definitely. So it's okay to say things like that. Um, And and just, you know, you can't, sometimes you can't let things fester. If it's bothering you, you just got to say, hey, this is kind of bothering me. Is there some sort of middle ground we can come to or you know, we're going to stay behind for a little bit so that you you can go forward. I don't know. What, what can we do here? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to recognize the amount of say you have in that situation eventually ends. Like maybe they won't take it well. Maybe they do think you're a jerk, mm-hmm. but you can't control that. All you can yeah. do is try to create the best environment for everyone there and enjoy yeah. it to your best ability. And and if they take that off in a different direction, yeah, that's kind of beyond your problem. (laughs) Most definitely. And I always think too, like if someone were to come up to me and be like, Hey, we're trying to take a picture. Do y'all mind moving a little bit that way? I'd be like, Oh yeah, no problem. I didn't realize I was in your way. Yeah. You didn't do anything wrong by standing there. But not everybody's understanding Mm -hmm. and and 
accepting to that type of feedback. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you you don't necessarily know how that's going to pan out. But if it is bothering you, say something. You have just as much of a right to be in that space and enjoy that space as they do. Um, And so anything that we can do together as a community and a society to help everyone have a great experience, I think is is important. Saying hi on the trail could mean going to your park or even walking down the sidewalk, to be honest. A lot of these sit principles uh, fall in line with that as well. So some quick, easy things to remember. If you are passing someone or feeling a little bit stuck, speak up and say, hey, on your left or on your right, or when you feel like you have a safe spot, we're going to you know, loop around you. Um, if you have a dog who maybe isn't the friendliest dog, you can proactively step to the side of the trail or say, hey, when you have a minute, my dog and I are going to pass. He gets really excited. So I just wanted to let you know. Communication like that is so important. You want people to feel informed and comfortable on the trail because everyone deserves to be out there. Doesn't matter who you are or what your experience is, you have just as much right to take up that trail as anyone else does. So remember that and feel good about it and feel confident in it. You don't have to know all the specific ins and outs of gear or the details of where you're at. Like just go and enjoy it and and that's fine. You deserve it. I will say one note about dogs. Do your research. Make sure that you're following any rules, if they're welcome on those trails or in those parks, and of course, leash them appropriately. And in all these spaces, you can have actually a really big impact on people even once you've left that space. So like Maggie said, when she goes hiking, she likes things to be a little bit quieter so she can enjoy nature. When I go out in nature, I sometimes like the feeling of aloneness it gives me, and that feeling can quickly be kind of taken away when there's a wrapper there or when you see a bunch of little toilet paper flowers Mm -hmm. all over. There's things that you can do in research that can be done to plan ahead and prepare for that adventure so that even once you're gone, you're not impacting the experience of the next person who comes there. So you all probably have heard in the past, pack it in, pack it out, make sure you take your trash with you. And that can really create a better connection with nature uh, for the next person who's there. And then if you are part of a large group, recognize the impact that has on other people, step aside and let those solo or small groups pass you, um, and then kind of do a volume check at times to make sure you're not taking over the space with your conversation and laughter. That's such a great point. Uh, Another quick thing is yielding practices. So when you're on a trail that's shared with a lot of different types of recreation, whether that's biking, or horseback riding, it's really nice to understand the rules of that trail. Generally speaking, bikes always yield to humans. So when you and a bike are passing, it's the responsibility of the person on the bike to step to the downside of the trail and let the person who's just hiking uh, pass them safely above. When it comes to horses and other types of recreation, everyone yields to a horse. And again, you want to make sure you're yielding to the downside of the trail. In this particular example, that's important because if you go on the upside of the trail, you might become bigger and taller and threatening to that horse. Mm -hmm. So you want to step to the downside. And again, communication is really, really imperative here. So the person riding the horse might say, hey, my horse is a little bit skittish. We're going to pause here and let you go by. Or if you have a dog with you who maybe is a skittish of a horse, you can say, hey, I just want to let you know I do have a dog who's a little bit excitable. um, So how would you like to handle it? 
So have those like transparent conversations and and make sure that you, you are able to kind of eliminate a bad scenario before it happens. One thing I like when I'm being passed by people on a bike or something like that, they'll call out like, Hey, there's three of us behind. And then the last one will be like, I'm it. Like, so you kind of know what to expect and you're not stepping back on the trail in front of somebody. Um, I've also seen people say that, you know, there's a couple dogs up there. I know you have a dog, so, you know, keep them close if, if they're reactive. And it's really nice to just share the tidbit of information whether or not it really impacts somebody. Yeah, there's there's some sort of connection there that happens that really makes you feel like you're part of the trail too and you're mm-hmm. part of this community, this active community. And I think that that is one of the things a lot of people enjoy about hiking in more of those like public areas is you do have a sense of community and not being alone. And I think that's really nice. You're looking and out for each other. You are. And that feels like organic and mm-hmm. cool. Um, and I know on the AT, a big one would be, hey, uh, about a mile up, there's a snake or a bee's nest or something. And you're like, okay, thanks for letting me know. And for the next mile, you're just sweating, looking for this <laughs> and you're like listening for the rattle or whatever. And you're like, oh my gosh. But the, but because I knew, I felt like I was in the loop and I was mm-hmm. part of it. Like I was part of that trail community. And that's just really freaking cool. We encourage you all to get out there and enjoy your next adventure. So we've got a few takeaways and challenges for you to do so. Be mindful of the space. This one is a little bit loaded. It is the actual space you're taking up when passing someone on the trail and enjoying a summit. But it's also the visual space you're in and recognizing if you're taking up someone else's visual space. It's the noise you're creating and it's the way you leave an area so that you leave it better than you found it. Say hi, look out for one another and respect each other's own experience. The best connection on the trail is a shared experience. So remember, you hike your own hike and let others do the same. You deserve to be on the trail just as much as anyone else. If you're looking for like-minded people to adventure with, go online. From female-only groups like She Ops Out to queer advocacy like Micah Meyer, there are some really fabulous opportunities to connect both virtually and to join a meetup. Now take a hike on over to Instagram and Facebook. We're at How to Say Hi Pod. And you can email us all about your adventures at howtosayhipod at gmail.com. Thanks to the fabulous Brent McCormick for our podcast art and to the Wimps for all the sounds that you hear on our podcast. And if you've learned something or have had a good time, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify and tell a friend. See you on the trail. Bye.